live from VMP Tower. Hey, hey Gilberto, Gilberto scored! All right. Gilberto. Oh, Gilberto. Oh, he finally scored a goal. He finally scored a goal. <laughs> it's the Vocal Minority Podcast. Huzzah! All right, hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Vocal Minority Podcast, the podcast that is secretly behind what little success our TFC have had this season, what with our commitment to well-thought-out critiques and continuing to be nattering nabobs of negativism. On this week's show, we look back at the match against the fire, look at the weekend that was in MLS, take a look ahead to this weekend's game against the Union, and much more. And now to today's panel. He is the current holder of our podcasting panelist streak. He is our dear grumpy leader. It's Duncan Fletcher. Hello. Hi. Happy to be here, as always. Full-time podcaster, Tony, Mark. I'm saying nothing. Kristen, you too, <laughs> yes. Yes. Damn it. Uh, joining us this week is one of our podcasting and blogging brethren, our very special guest from Red Nation Online, the man behind the East Side Stand-Up podcast. It's Ian Clark. I'm here. It's about the rider unfulfilled. <laughs> I need four towels. Damn it! Creative green strawberries. Six bottles of Voss. Oh, six bottles. I thought it was four bottles. No, six. <laughs> Damn it! I'm sorry. Sorry. Finally, get you out here, and we screw it up. Damn it! It's very nice of you to keep going. I know. Yeah, push. <laughs> we'll, we'll power through. Yeah, we will. Yeah. As for me, I am finally back from my annual sojourn to Albanian commie camp and raring to get back into the podcasting swing of things. I am your host, Kristen Knowles. As for Tony and Mark, they're both off planning the uh, parade route for Toronto's MLS Cup win in 2017. I'm being Mm. optimistic there, I think. Yeah. To dive right into it, we do have a game to look back up from the weekend. Uh, The wonderful, well... The game, the win against the Chicago Fire. It's hard to quibble with three points and coming back not once but twice in a match. And yet, we will. (laughs) Yes, all three DPs scored. Cue the marketing department happy dance. And regardless of what Michael Bradley says, yes, getting three points in the immediacy is what counts. But they can't look at the playoffs and think that that kind of performance will serve them well. Foolish errors allowed one of the league's worst teams to actually make it interesting and actually a bit worrisome. You know, for me, watching that game, there were large parts of that where I was not confident that they were going to come out with the win. And mm-hmm. Gil, this close to a hat trick. Twice, yeah. Yeah, so it's just, it's the fire. They're really bad. They literally mm-hmm. are a tire fire. They're so bad. Mm-hmm. And... Two past us, stupid mistakes. It's just frustrating. And so to hear the rhetoric, oh, we got the three points. Sure, yeah. You know what? That is what matters right now. But how can you look at this and not be disappointed in that performance? Exactly. Um, it was all in all a very entertaining game. Oh, I thought, you know, sure it was. You know, we, we win, score three goals, Gill scores twice. It's that was fantastic. The best thing ever. Couldn't have worked out better in a way. But um, yeah, it, it changes nothing, in my opinion. Hey, you know, Jovinko was good enough to help us. And, you know, obviously, it wasn't just him, but you know, uh, yeah, we, we beat a crap team. We in no way looked organized enough to be able to beat a good team. So it's, it is what it is. Yeah, and I think it, it confirms what we all know yeah. already. Really, mm-hmm. that's, that's where we, I think you walk away from this game uh, realizing that uh, you know, you're sitting there through the game thinking, well, we could lose this game. Uh, we, have, mm. we have 
been managed to do that at home this year. Yeah. And, of course, the, the, the amount of goals we scored and the type of goals we gave up, uh, the pattern is continues uh, yeah. from 2015 of what this team uh, has been doing uh, on the pitch. So, uh, you know, I think we're probably all looking ahead uh, over the end of this month to kind of find and see what definitively what this team is going to be. Mm-hmm. Which is a one and done as far as I'm concerned for the playoffs. Probably, yeah. And I think this coming Saturday, Philadelphia isn't going to really tell us anything mm-hmm. either. They're no. not great, but yeah, those last three games, New York, Columbus, um, Montreal, you know, if we can get, say, like four points at least out of those three games, and I might be thinking, all right, we could do something. But, but yeah. for me, like, it's a game like, a team like Chicago is so bad. Yes, they won. Yes, entertaining goals. But that's, Again, we've said this all season. This is one of those games where they're supposed to dominate. Like, that's a game where you expect, a, and I'm, I'm going to use the Galaxy, a Galaxy-esque stomping of, of another team. You know, a 5-1, a 4-1, whatever. You want to put the hammer down on a team like that. That's where you want to pad your goals against average. You want to, you know, you want to make your team look good instead of shaky against mm. a really bad team. Yeah, a team that, without a coach. This is who we are. Yeah. Really, Again. I think I I don't want to you know repeat the same thing over and over, but this this is the mo of this team for this year is that oh yeah it's it's all the the bad teams will kind of always still be in it, and when we're playing a team that you know kind of has a pulse <laughs> and any kind of system or, or legitimate <laughs> approach or, or preparation, uh, you know you're kind of like really gritting your teeth, wondering if this game's going to get out of hand. Well, that game, the Pretty upcoming much. game against New York and Columbus, scare the crap out of me. Yeah, I Quite feel frankly. like that's. The, I mean, those what, will be the real. Those games. results are the ones where we like. If they go out there and we see the same result, a three-one loss, yeah, or a three-no loss, or two-no loss, or whatever, then it's just confirmed. It's further confirmed mm-hmm. that it's like this is what this team is for 2016. And if we make it in the playoffs, which I guess we will, it will be a one and done. Yeah. Um, but if if they get in those games and look competitive and look show something different from what we saw, you know, at the beginning of August and through August and July and whatnot, then it's gonna be a different story. All right, moment of the match. Um, a lot of different options for this. I'll I know. Other, I'll let other people go first and then <laughs> fill in I don't know about you, but I had a real deja vu to my favorite <laughs> Toronto FC season 2012. Okay. When Torsten Frings turned over the ball 30 seconds into the game. Mm. And Dominic Aduro scores for Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that's one right, it was Chicago, wasn't Within it? about 30 seconds of the game, and here we are, <laughs> sure. another DP turning over the ball. Uh, not quite uh, at the 18-yard box, but, but. Uh, Josie Altidore turns it over, which starts the break. Mm-hmm. That leads to uh, Gilberto scoring, I think it was about five seconds later. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, wow. Wow, I said to myself. Yeah, that was a good start. Brought back great memories. <laughs> so my moment of the match was the second Gilberto goal for similar reasons, only a different DP. Yeah. Uh, Michael Bradley, again, showcasing his not-so-laser-focused defensive skills. And uh, Gil scores. <laughs> it just, it, again, it just mm-hmm. sort of seemed to put, similar to you, another, not the flashback, but... Uh, Oh, that's how today's going to go. Yeah. Oh. If we were on the playground, I would want to be standing across Toronto Sea on a game of Red Rover. So much. Because <laughs> you know you're getting through. You can't stop yeah, you. You exactly. will be running right past that line yep. like that. Mm-hmm. That is a great way of putting it. 
Um, all right, so uh, other options would be when Gilberto nutmegged Bradley. Nothing came of it. It was oh, a it was very beautiful. nothing moment, but I enjoyed that. Yep. Um, there was also Kanopka flattening Pakis was alarming and memorable, <laughs> yes. uh, for sure. Uh, I think, though, you know, you've got to really go with the Javinko's goal just because... Yeah, it's just the the imagination to even think of trying Try that. Never mind actually trying it and actually pulling it off. It's just preposterous. The the whole thing of it, really. So, yeah. All right. Well, then, man of the match. Is it anybody other than Seba <laughs> for anybody? I know. Let's try to get original. Are we do. Yeah. We, we, we used to make it the anyone but Seba man of the match, yeah. and then he had a couple off games, so we let him back in. If you're going with the anyone but Seba thing, I'd say Osorio is definitely deserving a mention. He really did, uh, good game. Good things, and not just like his usual kind of tidy passing, but you don't really notice him kind of game. He was doing you know quite a few like, fancy little things and sort of yep. nice passes, and it's like All right, yeah. a lot of back heels, as, but uh, good ones. Yes, as uh, one of our guests up in the top of one seventeen said uh, a couple of weeks back, Javinko dot ca. Sorio. Interesting. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. I can. I can. I can handle that. Who said that? Uh, David Leonard. Oh, okay. Cool. Mm. He's in El Salvador right now. Hi, David. I I can't offer anything other than Seba. I mean, to yeah, be honest, like no, really, if you, I mean, you can. It's a quite a steep. Oh, it that, is. The, it's, it's a, the drop off is between his performance on that game and everyone else. Yeah. And, you know, they obviously thought they really thought long and hard and said, "Well, thank God someone else scored a goal because now we can, you know, switch it up at the man of the match or the Carlsberg man of the match <laughs> or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. or the was it a watch now? It's a watch now. Anyways, the TFC man it's of the match, watch. and they gave it to, to Michael Bradley. I guess for his, you know, and the goal was nice. Yeah. It was it was a nice run for that goal. So yeah, he said, "Saba, you scored from halfway last week. I'm going to try to do it this week." Although, I mean, that was a that was a that was like Keystone Cops defending big time there from <laughs> yeah. Chicago. Oh, I mean, for sure. You, I would say, ping, ping, ping. We, so the guy that I went to the game with, we didn't stand up when that goal scored. We just stayed in our seats because we were like we were protesting. <laughs> yeah, that does that shouldn't really count. <laughs> that, that was that, was that should not utter have garbage. happened. No, yeah. It was pretty pathetic. Yeah, it was a, a nice run, but yeah, as I say, pathetic defending and then a deflection to get it by the goalie. You know, there's, there's asterisks all over that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No record holding that one. I also went with Seba for similar reasons, but Osorio makes a strong case as the as the follow-up. Uh, go to the match then. Do you um, say Kanaka? I think you do. That's a He's making a strong case for it this week. That first mm. goal through what, the legs. What, what was he actually trying to do there? I don't know what he was trying I, to do. He, why? You, you've got hands. You're allowed to use yeah. them. Why throw your hands out of the way and try and do it with your feet? I feel feet? like it's like a I, five-year-old goalie goal. When you yeah. kind of like don't have control over your body and the ball's rolling so slow and you're like, I can't stop. Oh, oh, I went yeah. Yeah. He's like, oh, okay, this is right at me. I'll, I'll just try and be a hockey goalie. I'll well, and that's I'll, what I thought. Stack like, you're stacking the pads. Yeah, like, like, what's happening here? Yeah, but that was and then taking a terrible key. goal. And, yeah. Yeah. Which technically, I might give a point to that. Yeah, I, yeah, think, I, think, I think that like pulls him back. Yeah. 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 So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that doesn't make him the GOAT. And as well, I mean, in a way, it's a good thing. You Perky was very... Uh, kind of taken down by that because I think otherwise is it yeah that's probably handball on Kodopka isn't it I yeah. think, like he did uh, yeah fairly certain he got the ball with his hands outside the box yeah for as sure part of that flattened Perkis thing yeah. so and Perkis yeah. did look pissed off afterwards which we know is the only way to get him to play better it's true so <laughs> on Saturday it should be like a stunning game <laughs> no I went yeah uh, and, and hard for me to say because I'm very fond of Chris Kodopka but yeah no this was this was concerning. Mm-hmm. 
I, I, I'm getting more concerned about some of the things that he doesn't do. Um, but I still do think I prefer him over Bendik. And I can say that. Mm. I do, personally. I think he... I think the defense works better in front of him. I don't I honestly, think he's a better... I don't think he's a better keeper. I think he has a better presence for the defenders. Personally. I would say flip a coin. Yeah. To I be wish. honest. Neither of them are really the problem. Neither of them are the solution. Exactly. Yeah, I would agree. I th- and I think when you look, if you talk, I don't know about go to the match, but I mean both goals. I mean, I watched, I watched oh, them again yeah. and again and again, and you're just watching the first goal that Gilberto is the one who caused the turnover at the half, and everyone just turns their back to him. Like yeah. no one tracks him. No. Which is, that's, I mean, this is how he scores his, this is how he scored his goals before coming to Toronto FC. And you watch him just run through the channel, and nobody even <laughs> looks at him. And mm-hmm. the, the, everyone's just looking at a cam. And then the second goal, everyone's just like watching the ball. Yeah, no one goes from a cam, goes to McGee, Gilberto, who? And he just runs by everyone. Yeah. I'm like, what are these guys doing? Well, well, part of me wonders, like, do they think? I mean, we've got him on the, we've got him on here. So, like, do they think it's because, like, when they played with him, do they not remember that he could actually do this? Are they remembering the first few months where nothing would go in the net for him, or? Do they just think, oh, you know what, you you know you you screwed up in uh, in South America and now you're with the fire, so who the hell are you? Yeah. But but half those guys don't know him. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. be true. The only That's guy in the true. back line that probably would have known him was Moro, right? Yeah. Or you know they're remembering the first game in Chicago when like Akam did terrorize Paul Warren Craval. That was true. Maybe yeah, he's, gonna, was oh, yeah, he's the guy to watch. Yeah, but yeah, that second goal and like the central defenders kind of went to the right. The left back went to the left. Joe Beto just went right down the middle. Nobody with him, and then scores at Knopka's near post. Mm. Yeah, it's not good stuff all around. No. All right. Well, we'll get back to Gill in a minute, but uh, Vanny tactics. So, I guess the, I my only problem, and I, I put this down there, I said misuse of Marky Delgado because. It's frustrating me right now a great deal to see Marky Delgado at right back. One, again, he's not very good at it. It's not his position. He's very much, uh, you know, an attacking player. Mm, he's easily muscled off the ball. Uh, yes, surprisingly well. That one, like, literally, who was it that shoved him? Like, barely touched him. Who was it? I'm not sure. It wasn't quite as bad as Javinko muscling Cyrus off the ball. That's another moment of the match. That is, yeah, absolutely. At the corner. Oh, my God. That was hilarious. Uh, You know, like the the disparity in the height alone. mm -hmm. Little little Seba muscling giant Cyrus. Just, like, literally outworking him off the ball. But, yeah, when watching Delgado just kind of get, like, I'm just going to take the ball from you, little man. You just stay over there. Like He literally just barely nudged him. Um but it's not a good place for him. And if Jackson is fit, or I realize he's just coming back from whatever injury he has, but is there no one else you can put back there than poor Marky Delgado, who has been successful as an attacking player? You know, he set Seba up for goals. He scored a couple goals. Mm-hmm. He's usually in the mix for things. I would prefer him on, say, that outside right position over Robbie Fagundes. In Finland. Oh, Fagundes. Every day. Mm. Jesus, Lord, why does he keep starting? American International, Robbie Finley. Yeah, when you, you bring in you gotta, the outside gotta, perspective, yeah. Ian. I mean, yeah. we're completely flummoxed by this whole Findlay thing. Yeah. Can, so, well, you tell us why? So, I mean, can I tell you why? I'm not sure if I can really tell you why. I mean, I, 
<laughs> I have my own extreme biases uh, against Americans when it comes to Toronto FC and yes. football players. And, I, you know, I can't help but think that, you know, you have a American in Tim Bez and American in Greg Vanny. And I think some of those guys are, that have a, a U.S. international experience are going to get a little bit benefit of the doubt and yeah. an extra push. And that's, that's the way this team has been set up. We can be kind of aggrieved, but I don't think it should be a surprise. And again, when you talk about someone like Marky Delgado, I think he's just going to he put him on the pitch rather than not put him on the pitch. Uh, I think that's the situation with him. I, I could see maybe putting Jackson out there to start to see how it goes, but... Well, but um, Jackson has been surprisingly effective yeah, at right Not back. offensive. <laughs> More effective it's, than Marky Delgado, I think. Sure. It, it's always a, a huge gamble. Like, to bring back Jackson. Ashton Morgan, and I'm, I'm sorry, Justin Morrow, I love you, but put you back over it right back. and That would not be a terrible idea. I yeah. would. I support that 100%. Yeah. So Mora, mm-hmm. right? More right, or Morgan at left for sure. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's just a frustrating thing to see this late in the season too. Like still with this and and still mm-hmm. with fixing what wasn't broken. You know, Delgado was doing fine as an attacking player, and well, the defense is always broken. It's TFC, um, but it's just it's a it's one of those yeah. things where but again you, against better teams they're going to get burned on this. Yeah, but you're, and your options are limited. But that's something, too, where, not to get too off track, but if you look at... We know, love way, off track. Oh. Okay, well, some professional teams are set up, and you have a second team. Now, if, you are, if, you're, if your second team isn't 100% set up for, with, like, 19, 20, 20-year-olds, yeah. and there are some players with a little more age mixed in that you could say, could this player actually make the jump? And they have experience uh, with games under their belt, but they're just being kept under there to stay sharp. Yep. That's, that's an instance where you could call up a guy... Who's who's not so green, and and even if with, with a guy who's playing on the first team, is probably still too young to be locked down at right back. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know if you look, at Vancouver has a couple senior guys on Whitecaps too. Yep, uh, a few other teams do that as well. Uh, LA Galaxy, for example, well, has yep. a, has a real good mix where it's like if you're in a tight tight spot, you know, are you going to start a 19 year old at center back or the 26 year old guy? Yeah, yeah, that's would- and I'm just there's your. There's my tangent, but I'm mm-hmm. just throwing that out there. No, I, I fully agree. I would prefer to see them using TFC2 more as a reserve squad for the first team rather than right now it seems to be, hey, this is like the top for the academy kids and the draft picks. It's like, yeah, and but, I can get yeah. behind development, but I think as well having it being a reserve team would actually help with the development. I mean, realistically, are all of these young kids on TFC2 going to make it to TFC1? No. Well, ideally, you know, if you can get like one, two players coming through every year, that'd be massively successful. Those one or two players are going to be, I think, more served by playing in a team of more experienced players, playing against more experienced players. It would help them more. And then, you know, you have the, what's, there's a USL PDL or something. Have that team be like the top of the academy. And then, you know, make it difficult for the kids to get into the reserve team. That'll help them as well as help the first team by having so much more people ready to go. Right, and isn't that what's supposed them. to be the ultimate goal is to better the first team? Like that's Well, you would hope. You would, you would think that's supposed to be the progression. Yeah, it's just yeah. different philosophies of how yeah. to do it. But, but then the other thing with the, just not even with the reserve team or with that, but back to the defenders they have at hand, Again, and I, and I harp on putting Josh Williams back out on the right when we're short right backs. Do we not have Simonon and Eric Zavaleta yeah. and all these other guys that are natural center backs that, 
Like, why isn't that happening? Mm. I, I don't understand. I understand that Kantari has not been successful um, at all, really. Mm-hmm. But there's all these options. He keeps screaming about his lack of options. I'm like, mm, you have options. Yeah. You're just mm. choosing not to use them for reasons I don't get. Yeah. And this is your bed, right? You made it. Yeah. So you oh, can't yeah. really you, complain you, about it. You built this team. Right? It's like someone obviously you know, brought Kantari here. That was, mm. that was pitched to this team and did not exactly you know lock it down. Who's yeah. the guy with connections to friends? <laughs> exactly. Might be Greg Vanny. It could be Greg Vanny. Hmm. Yes. Keys didn't work. Let's try it again. Yeah. Uh, um, and then my other question, and, and this sort of dovetails into one in, in a minute. Uh, Hercules Gomez. Mm. Why does he never get a, a sniff at the starting lineup? Or even as a sub, really. Like he came on for... No, he didn't come on. No, no, not this time. No, not this time. Yeah. He's played a hundred minutes, maybe, Max, yeah. since he joined the team. Seattle, mm-hmm. it's in Seattle. You know, like yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him out there instead of Robbie Finley on sort of wide right, and you know, especially I think there's at least one time they played a four three three. Exactly. I think, oh, he'd be ideal he'd perfect for that. For that. Nope, Robbie and Finley. And then no, yeah. yeah. I just don't. Yeah, I pillow uh, feet. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, Softest like, touch on the BMO field, Robbie I mean, Finley. You know, they bring him in, they're paying him a lot of money, and you're just going to sit him on the bench. It's, yeah, very confusing. Like we started, so we talked about this a little bit before we started the show. We're just going to, we'll go back to Gil in a minute. Let's just dive right into this, Herc. So, you know, people are, more people are starting to talk about this now. I've, I've seen a couple pieces. We talk about it extensively in the stands on Saturday, but... You know, we're talking about why the hell does Vanny have him nailed to the bench? And you had a really interesting uh, theory and very plausible theory, actually. Yeah. So uh, it's, pretty tin, it's pretty tinfoil hat. If we all put it on, put all our hats now uh-huh. uh, all right. and, How's and, mine? and get straight? with me. But, right. uh, okay, good, good. You know, I, I have a pretty firm belief that uh, one of Don Garber's big goals and the goals of MLS is to bury NASL. And uh, <laughs> with one of the rumors of Gomez possibly going to the Cosmos, I mean, Garber's having none of that. You know, he doesn't. And, and the. You know, you see in, in, in MLS that it is they're highly uh, favorable towards U.S. international players. So that would probably not go over well. And, uh, you know, you have Tim Bezbachenko and Greg Vanny. Like, I get, we've already said the association with the yeah. U.S. So it's, uh, you know, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. You don't have to play this guy. Just just don't want him to go play in this league. And uh, don't give Danny Sal any, any um, marketing buzz or bump or anything like that of a player signing. So you don't have to play him if you don't want. Like, just do me this favor. Hold on to the end of the season, and I'll get you back. Um, you know, probably some allocation money. You know, Monopoly money. It's you our guys favorite know. thing, Garper Bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, so what, however, whoever players you want, you can bump you up in the allocation, some mystery trade, however you want to say it. The next guy that comes through, you guys can have dibs on him. Yada, yada, yada. And then, you know, the exact same, roughly the same time, it's like, oh, the, probably the most bright up-and-coming coach in the NASL. Oh, doesn't have a team, but he's coming to MLS. Weird. Yeah, look at how that happens. Like, how often does it happen that a coach leaves a club to nobody but goes to a league? Yeah. Is he not an assistant coach with a team officially yet? I, I didn't. I haven't heard I he's been I thought anywhere. he was going to be an assistant on Kansas City. And then someone was telling me, he's, oh, he's going to Montreal for sure. I think it's just a – I just find that MLS sometimes just uh, you know, acquires services and keeps them in a pool. Mm-hmm. Right yeah. to keep recycling them. I think that's what they like to do. Uh, so uh, those—that's my thoughts on that. Especially with Gomez, I just think that 
we're just helping we're just helping the league out. Oh, and I think there's to keep a guy I, to keep keep a you know or to keep him here so that next season they can cycle him through onto another team that might he might fit better. Yeah. But just so that they don't lose him. Yeah, I've got no trouble believing that. So before we leave the Chicago match, I do want to, because I wasn't here last week, so I didn't get to talk about Gil. So this this part's really just for me, because I, I miss Gilberto a lot. But it, it often happens, actually often, it almost always happens that an ex-Red comes back to BMO and makes the team pay. But other than other than me, because I fully expected this, did anyone actually expect Gil to be quite that dominant on Saturday? Like, that was a good game from him. Yeah, it was, it was better than I would have expected. Yeah, I mean, the first goal, he did Oh, that was a gimme. Well. Yeah, that was a he gift. right at Knopka, and hey, it went in anyway. Yeah. Uh, the second goal was a very nicely uh, taken, though. And then he had one cleared off the line, another long shot just wide of the post. It's like, eh, all right, good for you, Gil. I in no way begrudge him that. It's easy to say that, you know, after we win, it's like, yeah, it's perfect. We win, you score two. Brilliant. Um, but yeah, it's probably better than expected. I mean, this is what he needed all along, just be playing against TFC. Yeah. <laughs> That's what most of them need, it seems. Yes, yes. Leave TFC. Enjoy your career. Yeah, but then you could also you could also see that on a team like Chicago where he had you know, sort of some wide attacking threats yeah. along with him, that it looks like a better fit and it looks like he's actually coming in to, you know, resolve an issue with the team rather than you know, Try kind of throwing all the him. pieces out on the table and hope that they're going to work together. Mm. Uh, I think Chicago might have, you know, brought him in to address something. And then, you, you know, it wasn't just that, you know, the first goal wasn't beautiful, but it was everything about it that he brought to that goal was, you know, causing the turnover, yeah. mm-hmm. running off the ball. And being you know. aware and being yeah. like... I mean, there was like full-on, like, Pete Gill really did a lot of good things and then a really crap shot, except this time the goal they let the crap shot in. Yeah, um, but it's just... I also think it is the way that Chicago was set up with that, with the kind mm. of players that were around him, where it's like, you know, you don't have someone like a Defoe, who if, Defoe, if that was him and Defoe, and he laid it off for Defoe, he's not going to get the ball back. He's not going to get the ball back. No one's, looking, no one's looking for Gilberto <laughs> last year, right? It's mm-hmm. all, everyone's... They and, should have been. Or if, it, if he was still on the team this year, like, as we see, no one's looking for, everyone's looking for uh, Seba first. Yeah. First, first, and first. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, second, and third, however you want to say it. Um, but on a team like Chicago... It's probably a little more balanced, and he's going to see the ball well, more often McGee's, and probably play better more to his strengths. Yeah, McGee's been hurt, not back to full anything. Harry Ship is a shadow of himself, and yeah, Akam and Igbo and Ike. Yeah, both, they're they're okay right they now. Work very well wide, yeah. so if, like Gilberto can come through the middle. It, it works well. It's like this is kind of what a team looks like when it plans things out. It's like hmm. Yeah. I mean, they're terrible. But I know, but still, yeah. but then you do you look at them and kind of go. Oh, so that's how that happens. Mm. Well, but when they did, like when they did those, like those plays were really oh, they're good. beautiful. When they when yeah. they countered mm-hmm. and set up, it was tidy. Oh yeah, scary uh, to watch. Right. Actually. So you kind of think to yourself, oh, I mean, if Chicago didn't have such garbage defending mm. and had a little more metal in the midfield, like we were talking about this in our past, was that they had uh, a Benoit Cheru on their yeah. team. What a difference that would make on Chicago. It's huge to for them. Kind of have just like a. A guy that sits deep and can kind of see everything in front of control stuff. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Yeah, they've got a lot of good young players. I think if they can keep those together, adds you know to maybe someone like that or to one or two like more experienced players to help out, they could be quite good quite soon. Whether it's MLS players go everywhere and it's all kind of crazy, so it probably won't happen. But you know, if they kept it together, there's eh, got a lot of good pieces there. Yeah. 
and uh, you have to say, like a lot of the guys have kind of have underperformed this season. Oh, for sure. You Especially know, Cam was outstanding last year. Uh, Maloney was kind of a bust. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Ship you mentioned and McGee not playing. Yeah. So yeah, and then Frank Yallop. You know, I think you can easily improve on him. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's probably <laughs> best for them that 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 mm-hmm. that is done yeah. and dusted. Mm-hmm. You know, although it is it is still kind of funny to me that it has taken TFC over five years to 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 beat the fire. It's Crazy, huh? Like, been a long time. Yeah, like it's since May of 2010. Is that a precky special? Hey, there, Duncan, like you man. <laughs> Chad Barrett special is what that was. Whoa. That was four-one uh, when it was yeah. raining. LeBrock has oh, scored. Okay, yeah. yeah. Then we were Chad, talking about that last week because yeah. it was then uh, Colorado. Barrett yeah. scored twice in the second half. Uh, that was against Chicago. That yeah. was, I guess, the last time we beat them. Yeah. Wow. Good times. Good old days. Was, yeah. Duncan gazes fondly mm-hmm. off yeah, into the distance. Yeah. Yeah. Got the harp? Yeah, I know. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> you, should put, put a harp, you should put a harp sound effect in, Duncan, when you're playing that. It has all been downhill since. <laughs> <laughs> the dice it had to be the only one for me is you and you for me so happy together this past weekend the west did their best to put to rest the idea that their conference is better than the eastern conference as parody and mediocrity starts to reign across the league and playoff positions change seemingly every second the vmp team diligently watches as many games as humanly possible well i said it's possible but here to tell you all about what happened in mls this past weekend is duncan fletcher with mls wins and losses duncan thank you Kristen. you're welcome uh from my bitching about tfc only managing to beat the crap teams there's something to be said for that right now is a lot of the better teams are actually struggling to do just that as all of a sudden the participants in the drunken stumble for sixth all seem to have stubbed up and started taking things seriously really uh montreal won twice this week beating chicago midweek highlight being andres romero getting a yellow for removing his shirt that meant he was suspended for the next game great. Uh, but that didn't matter as they easily handled dc united 2-0 Didier Drogba scoring twice, but uh, Drogba said that Dilly Duker should be man of the match. Uh, Duker clearly remains starstruck by his teammate, saying, Really? He said that? My God! Uh, it's a bit much, but uh, all of a sudden Montreal just won back of TFC uh, with a game in hand and unbeaten in six now, collecting 14 points in those uh, six September games. Uh, but they still can't really shake off Orlando immediately behind them as they went to New Jersey and beat the Red Bulls 5-2. Uh, their third straight win to keep the pressure on, though they are running out of games. Next week's matchup with Montreal could potentially crush their hopes. Kyle Larin finally broke the rookie scoring record, which is nice, and uh, in some style, getting a hat trick on the night. Yes. Uh, behind them, New York City uh, keep going as well. They seem to have figured out how to get the best out of Pirlo, Lampard, and Villa and Co. And they went to Vancouver and with a bit of luck and to withstand a lot of pressure in a crazy last few minutes, described by Jason Kreis as mania, pure mania. Full of chances for both sides and a ridiculous penalty given to each side, they won 2-1. Uh, Frank Lampard doesn't quite understand the meaning of being fair or not negative to uh, a referee. He was saying, two non-penalties have to be fair 
ready to be negative. He gave their one. Maybe made a mistake. He did make a mistake. Wasn't a penalty either. I just, if he would just give a little bit I know, more. I know, you expect a full I, quote. I really um, do. I, I'm, I, I think we need to speak to his people because I mm-hmm. don't know that we can do this anymore. But mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know. You, he, he's apparently the new face of the league, so. Oh, yeah, you, you expect him to be able to give a full quote, not like just a half-assed thing like this. It's like he's Is that even dead. 25%? I, I don't even it. think so. I doubt it. But, yeah, yeah. yes. But basically, uh, yeah. You're saying he made two mistakes, that's not being fairer to him. That's just piling on. Exactly. That's not better than saying you made one. Um, Anyway, while it's unlikely City will make up a five-point gap to sixth, it's practically impossible to think that Philly will make up an eight-point gap. Uh, They join Chicago as done. Uh, That's despite an impressive result as a deliberately weakened team with the U.S. Open Cup uh, final coming up midweek. They went to New England, got a 1-1 draw against the T-Terrorists. Goalie Andrew Blake having a fantastic game there. Uh, The one team above Toronto that wasn't mentioned there, Columbus, they also lost. Uh, 2-1 at home to Portland, so uh, an excellent week, really, if you're still harboring hopes of TFC breaking into that top four. It's now only six points separate, first and sixth in the east. Um, top teams didn't fare much better in the west, either. Uh, as mentioned earlier, Vancouver lost, and so did FC Dallas. Uh, though, to be fair, they lost to the Galaxy, 3-2, as uh, Galaxy finally figured out how to score and win again. Uh, Bruce Arena, now first in MLS history for wins with a single team. Uh, his 113th win took him ahead of Steve Nickel and the Revs and Dominic Kinnear with mm. the Dynamo. Uh, so good for you, Bruce. Uh, they're also back to the top of the table. First team to 50 points. Asked what the team did differently to break their goal drought. Bruce Arena said, We scored. There's been nothing wrong with us. I know you guys. I'll look at the scoreline and lead off that. Our team has been scoring goals. But they haven't been. That's kind of the point, really, isn't it? The last three games you hadn't scored. That's why they were asking. But Anyway, below them, the Sparks also put out a weakened team to focus on the Open Cup, but they still took it to Seattle and held their own, getting a 1-1 tie that could easily have been a win to leave both clubs as they were in fourth and fifth in the West. Uh, Portland got a much-needed three points to make themselves a bit more secure in sixth, uh, though they're far from comfortable as Houston got six points from games against the Sparks and the Rapids and now just three points back with 41 points. Uh, the other big game was essentially a loser-goes-home game between San Jose and Real Salt Lake. Uh, the Earthquakes dominated a lackluster game but couldn't score until Matias Perez-Garcia did in the 87th minute via a, a big, big deflection. Uh, he then one-upped Andres Romero by taking his shirt off to get his second yellow and a red card in, in the actual game. It's like, well done, sir. Uh, he explained it post-game by saying, In the moment, I had a great euphoria. What happened, happened. It is what it is. Those Latinos, they just, the, the fiery blood, they just can't control their euphorias. See. Si. Mm-hmm. Uh, ten men held on, though, to now where they sit in seventh. One point behind Portland, though, having played one more game. Uh, as for Salt Lake, they're now six back and effectively joined their Rocky Mountain neighbours, Colorado, on the outside of things. John Denver's ghost shakes its head, sadly. Uh, but fear not, there's the excitement of the last game in the annual battle for John Denver's ashes, keeping Pablo Mastroeni going. <laughs> We've got the Rocky Mountain Cup at stake, which is something to fight for. We want to put together a good performance for our fans. More importantly, win some silverware this year. <laughs> 
Yes. Wow. Is, he's very into that. The Rocky Mountain Cup. Yes. The, the urn containing uh, John Denver's ashes. Who yes. knew? That, that will make everything worthwhile. Absolutely. Yes. Make everything all better. Yes. Another year of Pablo. Yeah. He's already signed on for 2016. And what, what are Colorado doing? I don't know. Uh, yeah. Sleepwalking through the rest of this decade? Maybe. Maybe. Um, anyway. Well, oil machine over there in Colorado. <laughs> oh, yeah, Commerce City, baby. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, anyway, that would be your MLS wins and losses for the week. Back to you, Kristen. Thanks, Duncan. You're welcome. Before we get into, I guess, our, our, before we go into bitchy blanks, we're, we're going to talk about something that we, we talk about every week right now because, well, we have to. And it's, we're going to talk about playoffs. And whether or not TFC are actually making the playoffs, they probably are. Mm-hmm. And they'd have to do a lot. They'd have to be extra TFC-esque, which means it's possible for them not to make the playoffs. But, you know, this has never happened for this club before, nine years in, and we're a frustrated fan base. But And we talked about this before in the post-Chicago uh, rundown, but whether or not they actually have a chance other than outside the, well, it's football, everybody has a chance, and it's MLS, and there's parity, and everyone has a chance. Looking at this team, and we we all watch this team fairly closely, and we're fairly involved in what happens, you know. We don't do this just for kicks. But it's, uh, does anyone think they actually have a ghost of chance, ghost of a chance of getting past that one game? No. Well, I agree with you, though. No. I don't think they will either. No, and you know it, uh, it is, and to a degree, it is true that, yeah, a lot of teams have a chance. But I think if you look back over the last maybe like five or six years, and you look at the teams that get to the quarterfinals, the semifinals, the finals, you can sort of extrapolate commonalities between those teams. Uh, you know, for example, really strong home form. Uh, an ability to draw. Shit show. Yeah. Well, yeah. An ability to draw on the road. Uh, ability to score more goals than you let in. Yeah. Uh, not letting in. <laughs> Who over, does that? Not letting in over fifty goals. That is a big one. Uh, there's a few things like that. That again, as we said at the, earlier on, that the what we've seen from Toronto FC just doesn't. For me, it just doesn't compute. Yeah. Doesn't fit into that mm-hmm. uh, formula, so to speak. So I'm having a tough time. But you know, the thing is, with you kind of say, you know, people say, what is MLS? You know, is it, it's not. A, it's not a sprint. It's not a marathon. You're really just trying to like catch that wave at the you're right waiting, time. You know what yeah. I mean? The waves mm-hmm. are coming in. You're like, I'm oh, waiting. I'm waiting catch that wave i'm gonna i'm gonna hit it right when it's breaking and hopefully ride it through right to the end um but i do think there is there is you know a certain amount of work that goes in before that Uh, i don't think it's oh yeah you have to be prepared to catch that wave it's not just dumb luck that you can win whatever it takes like six in a row if you get in a wild card spot so i think you do need to have shown throughout the season that you, your team has an ability to, to pull it off. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think we've seen that from Toronto, to be honest. No. Well, no, if you want to use like the surfing metaphor, like I don't think we have a lot of strong swimmers. I don't see anyone's ability to balance on that board and ride that wave in. It's just there's so little consistency with mm-hmm. this team and with the way they look at I think the way they look at the game in, in a way in a weird way, and I'm not trying to knock Greg Vanny, not too much. He, like we've said this before, he's not terrible, but he's certainly not good. He's a very mediocre coach, um, very much still the student of the game, and and not necessarily a good one. But there's so little. I don't know. You just you you hope for 
even if they're not going to make it out of the playoffs very deep, you hope for by the end of the season you see some sort of development or change or you know working towards some sort of vision for this club or this team and mm-hmm. i just don't see it and if you're building towards the playoffs which if this is building towards the playoffs please stop just stop building right now just <laughs> turn in your builder's license and go away because this is not how you build towards any sort of this isn't how you build momentum you don't count mm-hmm. on your homestand against the weaklings of the league who you can barely beat some weeks i don't know yeah i mean I feel like I looked up a few months, maybe a couple of months ago, but uh, basically teams that finish in the bottom five as far as goals conceded goes, I think the the last team to even make the playoffs that finished in that bottom five was Montreal in 2013, whenever it was, when they flamed out hilariously. Um, Before that, I think you have to go back to 2008, which was New York City, who actually made the final. Um, But anyway, it doesn't happen often. I mean, yes, we score a lot of goals, but... Yeah, it's. It doesn't overcome the good teams because the good teams have really good defense. Yeah. And you can't get the goals past them. Yeah. Yeah. And so I get frustrated with the arguments I have with people who are like, oh, no, no. Like, look at their. No no one would be wanting to play Toronto. I mean, on our day, it's like Javinko could do this. No one would want to go up against that. Yeah. Yet the the last, like, six or seven times that good teams have gone up against that. He's done nothing. Javinko's done bugger all. Yeah. It's maybe not entirely fair, but TFC as a whole have done bugger all. Javinko has tried. Altidore's not enough to... He doesn't overcome anything. You know, he's mm-hmm. brief, you know... And I will admit, I'm going to say something nice about Josie Altidore. Hold on to your hats, because this doesn't happen very Go often. On. Well, I'm impressed by the number of goals he has managed to score this year. Um, he is actually coming up on what we'd sort of benchmarked for him. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, I didn't really think he was going to get 12 or 13 goals this year. I, and I still... I don't care. I, in a weird way, I don't care that he scored the goals because I still don't like the way he plays. It sure. bothers me. Yeah. And I don't think he contributes to the team as a whole in that sense. Right. Like, he's a, I guess you want a selfish striker, but isn't that what Seb is for? Mm. Yeah, I mean, for as much it's about what he's being paid as well, which yeah. obviously isn't his fault. But, yeah, I mean, for what he's bringing, you know, he should be on, you know, yeah, be a DP, show up, you know, but... One of those that are you know, slightly less than a million dollars that you could pay down with your allocation money so you can buy yourself a fourth DP. You know, if he was at that level, sure. But, yeah. I, you know, he's well, I kind of see it, though, as he might have the potential or capacity that in that playoff game, if we're playing a team who's just going to bunker down and, and isolate Jovinko, that he'll be around for that junk goal. around okay. this, and, and he's the guy that you might have confidence in that can finish that chance whether it's a you know a well, it's not Robbie Finlay, junkie cross so. exactly or just <laughs> something in around the 18 he does have finishing ability you just don't see him take a lot of shots or get he a lot of those know. chances right so that's kind of what you you know in a game where it's a tight a tight affair um a real nail nail biter in the playoffs uh, that's what you want someone you know who can convert on limited chances someone who can come in off the bench and be an impact sub <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, that's I'm gonna, gonna keep happen. saying it. I'm just I try. But that's that. He's got that's got potential too, though. To be honest, you're talking about Gomez, right? Like that's he could. No, I was talking about Josie Altidore, but I'll take that for Gomez as well. Well, that's what, that's what I'm thinking. Like both those players are players that in a game 
where I think, I think they, if, if, if they're let's, good game changers. Let's give Vanny the benefit of the doubt that he'll come into a game with a real sound strategy and approach for a 90 minute affair <laughs> uh, that you could say, you know, at come on, certain, Ian said that with a straight face. Yeah, this, you know, a certain time of the game, Gomez, you're coming in and this is what you're going to do and you're going to cause this kind of shit and blah, 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 because yep. that's what he does. Uh, that asset is available for us, uh, but mm. you know, it's I'm still I'm still kind of like leaning with you that uh, I'm I'm really concerned about the opposition we might come up against. Uh, and again, anything anyone who's right now fifth place or above, please not the revolution, please not the revolution. Yeah, that um, DC could be they're horrible right now, so we can beat horrible teams. So. As long as DC doesn't get it going again. DC's masquerading as a horrible team, though. Mm. I feel like, and you know what? I also For feel a while there were masquerading as, as a, a good really team. good team. Now they're they're but, they're they're yeah. a good team. They're yep. just not a great team. They're probably better than they have been these last few games. And they have not Bill as Hamid. good as they were, and they do have Bill Hamid, yes. Which quite frankly, makes up for a lot. Um, it hasn't been enough for them to completely overcome of late, but I feel in a playoff situation, he is one of those players that does sort of turn it up a notch, yeah, I figure. can win you a game. Yeah, absolutely. And very few keepers in this league can do that, and he's one of them. I wish we had Bill Hamid. Sure, I'd take that. Yeah. I'd take that every day. Mm. All right, so... One and done. Everyone sort of agree with this for the playoffs, at least until we see what they do spectacularly against Philly this weekend. Yeah. We'll talk about this next yeah. week again. Philly, well, it, Philly won't change anything. See what they do against, against New, New York. York. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's circling back so, to those yeah. last couple games yeah. that, depending on and how they perform. And even against Montreal. Like, that game, quite frankly, terrifies oh, yeah. me. Yeah, there's all sorts of potential. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, it's probably not going to be a, a knockers out of the playoffs kind of thing, but, but it could easily it's gonna go change. down from like fourth to sixth yeah. or something with a loss there. It's yeah, that should be a very interesting game. Are you um Are you going to the game, Ian? The Montreal game? Yeah. Uh, in my living room, probably. Yes. Okay, I will be in Montreal for that game, so I will wave to you guys from there. Um. All right. So, like I said, they're going to make it. It's just probably not going to be all that pretty. But we'll talk about it more again next week. Mm-hmm. Hey everybody, it's Bitchy Blanks! I must call you! Blankety blank, blankety blank! Boom boom! Blankety blank, blankety blank! Boom boom! Blankety blank, blankety blank! Boom boom! Hello. Must call him because they're, yeah, we're, we're Ivan Drago, we're gonna beat up the guy from Philly. Huh? Huh? Get, Get it? it? Yeah. Alright. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Bitchy Blanks, our favorite hashtag game, and we hope yours as well. Last week's Bitchy Blank was, being negative about blank makes Damien Perky the angriest. Before we get to this week's winner, gentlemen, what do you have for this blank? Um, I was just going to say Germany, because, you know, obviously France and Poland, but then I realized the question is talking negatively about something, but so you'd probably be quite happy about that. So, um, yeah, I lose. Just like Poland and France. <laughs> I was saying, being negative about pastries makes Damien Perky the angriest because, you know, there's delicious French pastries, but I happen to know there's a very delicious Polish bakery nearby and they have some really, really delicious pastries. So being negative about his two native lands uh, cooking style makes him very angry. Makes a lot of sense. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's very loyal and human and all that sort of Faithful. thing. Very faithful. Mm-hmm. Ian, what do you have? 
What about chiropractic? Sure. <laughs> you know when your keeper does a flying knee in your back? There you go. That would piss me off just a bit. I think so. That seems more than reasonable. All right. Well, our winner this week is... Uh, is that a word? Is that a word? Chiropractic? Yeah. Sure. Something yeah, like that. I'm just checking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That sounds reasonable. It's a totally cromulent word. That's why I said it so slow. Yeah. I was waiting for you sure. to be like, did I say a real word? It's okay. We accept non-real you didn't words shake your here. You head no when no, I stopped, no, so I just good. left it there okay. hanging. He sounds confident. I think yes, yes. I think he, yeah. this, is, this is the key to winning like Balderdash, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It's all about confidence. Uh, this week's winner is Mr. Will Graham. Hi, Will. House California at Big Willie Style on the Twitters. Being negative about his level of play while giving others earning a lot more a pass makes Damien Perky the angriest. Sure, yeah. I could see that. I think so as well, yes. yes. He earns more than enough. Yes, it's, it's true. It's not. No, no, no. He's known poor Mark Bloom. No. Who's uh, lower middle class Mark Bloom right now. Mm. All right. This week's bitchy blank is Hercules Gomez isn't playing because blank. Lots of room there, people. Run with that, baby. As always, please do send us your answers to us on the Twitters at VocalMinorityCA or to any of our individual Twitter accounts as it suits you. Play as often as you like, but get us those answers by Monday at 5 o'clock. We swear we mean Monday this week. Thanks. Before we wrap up this show, we do have a game to look ahead to this week's this weekend's match against the Philadelphia Union. So, yet again, another team in free fall, a, another coach on the bubble, split focus for their team with the U.S. Open Cup coming up. Uh, so it was really Already happened really by the time. By the time, see, but, but you know, hopefully they'll be tired. Exactly, the perfect thing really for a Toronto team that has the surging impact <laughs> right behind them. Very scary how well Montreal is doing right now. Uh, TFC have won the last two meetings against the Union, both home and away, and there's little reason to expect that they won't. Like, does anyone really think they're not going to? Like, I honestly think they're going to win. Um, yeah, yeah, they they should win. I think they would win. You know, it's question is how long does Connor Casey play? Well, last, last time he came on for like 15, 20 minutes, scored a goal. Exactly. You know, play him ninety. Who knows what he'll get. All right, well, let's, let's, let's just skip ahead to the Connor Casey part then. Why does TFC <laughs> have so much trouble with him? Uh, I'm trying to think. Like, trying to tie something about his, the relationship he has with our club. Well, is, that it? is, he, just, is he just, for whatever reason, extra fired so Every time he's like, that's for my wife. You know, like, is that what it is? <laughs> is, there, is there any other player that is so consistent? <laughs> my wife hates Toronto. I hate Toronto. <laughs> Boom, scores a goal. Does she, does she uh-huh. send, maybe she sends him text messages. Honey. Do this for me, you know. Like, yeah. I, I don't, like. Hey, if you want to get led in the next three months, you'll score a goal today. Yeah. He always <laughs> does. He ever not score against Toronto if he plays? Like, I'd have to. I'd have to. I'd have to, sure to, but I'd have to go did, back. I but, mean, Philadelphia are mm-hmm. pretty garbage, which I love in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I I love it that they're so bad right now. <laughs> um, one of my least favorite teams. Just oh, really? How come? I just can't stand them. <laughs> I just really just don't like Philadelphia whatsoever. Hmm. Uh, I don't like the way they play. Fair enough. Yeah. 
No, uh, I, that I would agree with. I they play a very ugly style. I think they're real grimy. So uh, when we beat them, it's great. And, uh, and yeah, I don't know. Con- like Connor Casey is just... Uh, <sighs> He's such a super villain, too. I just yeah. dislike... And I dislike him intensely. I mean, not just because he scores yeah. goals. I just don't like him. Yeah, I mean, he's a very good player, though. I mean, it's not just a case of, mm, he's big and can win headers. Oh, no, he's He's a very smart, smart yeah. center forward and surprisingly skillful like, outside the box and everything as well. So, you know, and, yeah, you know, why does he score? He's he's just better than our uh, defenders. Yeah. So, I mean, if he could actually go 90 minutes, then on a regular basis, he'd they'd still very much be kind of up there like, towards the top of the uh, goal Top of the league goal standing Agreed. standings. I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah, the, the and you know, I mean, every year it's a new bunch of guys. You probably don't know the context of Connor Casey, but it yeah. is kind of thing where you feel like every time you play him, you're like, just, just that guy. Yeah. Just watch, please. Just, just him. Mm, Nobody guy. else. Just him. That's the guy you need to watch out for. See that guy that just subbed in? He's going to score. So <laughs> don't let him score. And uh, every time he does they it, let him score. Like, I know he looks like a big lumbering idiot. He's not. He's really not. He's going to burn you every single time. Mm-hmm. Very good match. So we, we talked, they do have the U.S. Open Cup or will have had the U.S. Open Cup final. Um, a lot of talk about what they're going to do going into that game, but it looks like they're going to throw everything they've got at it because yeah. this is their only chance at any sort of redemption yeah, this they're season. They're out of the playoffs. They played a weak team against New England. They're very much going for it on this one. So like, hopefully they win and they'll be drunk. DC in 2013. Yeah. Sure. They're slightly better than DC were then yeah. in the but league. That was the same that game too, much. right? When DC came at the end of the season. We won 4-1. Yeah. Remember I thinking that? That they, oh, yeah. gave, they put out a pretty bad squad yeah, against was, us. Was, oh, because DC's they had played everybody, everybody the, at the Cup. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the Alvaro Reyes game. Yeah. Oh, that's twice. right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Hey, bright DK. That's right. Oh, I'd forgotten that. Aw. Bright uh, DK. Mark Bloom mm-hmm. playing that game. Yep. Good old days. A lot of pond, like a lot. That of, is like that's like a far away happy place. A lot of harps in this episode. There really is. I think so. Yeah. Um, and we were crap in 2013, but we were wistful for that. Yeah. But that was a, that's a wistful game yeah. against against yeah. Scrubs. Yeah. Uh, but, but anyways, that was, that's my point of reference on perhaps what we can mm. be uh, up against. And so if, we expect probably. Oh, but didn't you, weren't you going to, were you talking about before someone, you were saying how should we put our best out for that game with. A, well, that's next. Okay, sorry. That's okay. I think we can agree that there's likely a, a weak or scrub-like team coming into Toronto on the weekend after the, after the cup because they're going to be tired or potentially injured or whatever. So should Vanny rest players against an easy opponent with nope. a busy and difficult week coming up. Nope. <laughs> you always say that. This is, for whatever reason, Orlando and New York have been doing quite well, so we do actually kind of need these points. Which I'm not saying you likely. shouldn't try, so, but... I, you know, we need to nail these three points down. All right. And then, you know, see what happens after that. And I don't really think we're good enough to be going in with a half-assed team, even against another half-assed team. And uh, and be fine, no problem. So yeah, no, no, don't think like that, Greg Vanny. Go after these three points. You need them. Yeah, I think I think uh, <laughs> every game until the end of the season, probably, unless by some miracle we win four in a row and we're sitting with with games in right. hand or points in hand, uh, 
this is your this is the this is the lock essentially out of this last mm-hmm. games for three points. So you grab them, you know, bank them. Yep. And then you're gonna then you then you set your strategy for the final Hopefully three the games, the three the toughest games, games of the season. Mm-hmm. And then the thing is, they actually they do have, and it's ridiculous to say this, but they do have a bye week. Oh yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. Sort of, right? Yeah. Oh, not sort of. It's they have week off. Well. And then they yeah, and then, and then they play two, week, right? Yeah, and then they play two nudged up together, game. but yeah, but they don't play. They don't play for over a week, mm-hmm. so there is time to rest whomever. So throw everyone out there, and yeah. which really hasn't been an advantage. No, so not at we, all. <laughs> if we go by previous, like the season has gone. That's the thing. That's sort of the caveat as as well as that. Um, you know. We any like us our opponents getting note break and us getting a full week or more has been has been nothing this yeah. season. Well, I it feel like they it. I feel like they get kind of complacent when they have the time off. Oh, we got time off. Yeah. We'll rest. We're gonna go to beach. I expect to see lots of Instagram. Like that exam posts. is so far yeah. ahead. We're gonna study <laughs> New York. <laughs> like we can uh-huh. prepare for New York the night before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like that. Yeah. Can I get my Jolt Cola? I'll just be fine. Yeah. yeah. All right, one last thing, uh, a couple, well, two things before we leave the Philadelphia look ahead. It's the return of Warren C. Ah, bless him. I know. I, I feel bad for Warren. Very he, much so. You know, he's been a little used since going to Philly, uh, though he did start and get an assist in their last game. And he was much maligned, really through not entirely all his fault while he was here. Played out of position most of the time. But will, little used, and depending on... I figure we actually might see him on Saturday because I doubt he's going to play in the U.S. Open Cup. Will the X-Red effect kick in again? Is Warren C. going to be the lone, the, the other goal scorer next to Connor Casey when he plays, when he comes on the 90th minute? He, it's, it's possible. I mean, I think, you know, I feel like Craval scored like a couple of goals yeah, when he was... and some decent like ones. Like once a year or something like that. Yeah. And it's like, has he, has he scored this year yet? Are, you know, is, is he just waiting? I think he um, has. But yeah, I mean, he has potential to like knock in a ball if it kind of drops to him on the outside of the box. So it's possible. I definitely put money on Connor Casey rather than him. Well, yeah, scoring. I always but put money on Connor Casey, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, him... You're coming here starting because of the U.S. Open Cup and probably being started in a defensive midfield position, which is actually generally okay at, and having quite a good game. Warren Cavall has one goal this year. He did. Ah, yeah, okay. we scored for us. Yeah, against uh, San Jose. Yeah, against San Jose. It was a nice goal. He generally does score nice goals. Yeah, yeah, they they are they're not garbage goals. Turner they're correctly with somebody like it was a turnover. He picked it up. He something like it that. From dist- like yeah, a good distance. it was. A, it was like it was like oh. Warren struck it well. Yeah, yeah, I can kind of picture that now. I think into the north end goal, kind of went near post. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but if yeah. if Warren's feeling bad, you know, about how he was misused at Trump, so you can always just call up Jeremy Hall and be assured that there's still life, there's still a future <laughs> for you in this league. How mm-hmm. do Jeremy Hall defender? Yeah, he can say, "Look, man, mm-hmm. I, had a, I had a co- bad coach who put me at right back <laughs> and no business playing as a defender." But uh, then I went to another team and had a good coach who put me at right back, and apparently I'm good at this. Yeah, no kidding. Like, how did that happen? <laughs> how is Jeremy Hall a quality defender in MLS? I think it helps being amidst other defenders. Sure. Somewhere in Foxborough, <laughs> right? uh, Paul Mariner is yeah. patting himself on the back in a bar <laughs> yeah. by himself drinking a pint saying, I always knew shorts. he was a defender. He was a natural <laughs> right back. Yeah. 
But yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of players who I think, you know, you, you can play them out of position and as long as they're okay amidst a competent and organised defence, they'll be fine. I think Warren Creval would probably fall into that exact same category. Jeremy Hall did, you know, you can look at like, Dan Gargan. Uh, oh, Dan Nick, Gargan. Nick Garcia, when he was here and like, being played as a, a fullback, which that wasn't his role for the majority of his career. Under Precky, he looked fine. And yeah, so it's very unfair to... You know, players get asked to play out of position a lot, and you know if they can sometimes do okay. It's very unfair to ask them to do that amidst chaos. Yeah, and then very very unfair to blame them when it goes wrong. It's obviously going to go wrong, which is what happened. It's to all going to go terribly wrong. All right, predictions for this match: three one Toronto. <laughs> Moi aussi. Got what a Casey Will score. What a shock. <laughs> <laughs> how, no, here, okay. Yeah, how yeah. many? Let's mix up the goals and assists for Seba. Ooh. Oh, all right. Uh, well, he's playing a crap team, so he will score uh, at least two points in quotation marks. Whether they are assist goals, I don't know. Um, one goal, so, one assist. You're predicting? Eh, sure, two goals, maybe two assists. One way or another, he will be in on two goals. I'm going to say two goals, no assists. And he's going to just be selfish this week and just. That's it. Yeah. Then he will get zero goals and one assist in the last three games combined. Ooh, mm-hmm. interesting. I wasn't looking ahead. I was just looking at Philly. What do you? What do you? What do you? What are your thoughts, Mister Ian? I'm, I'm gonna. I'm thinking about you know, going. I'm thinking about the hat trick. I gotta be honest with you. Oh well, he is due another one. It's been a yeah, while. So oh, this would be a good team for that to happen against. I'm kind of hmm. thinking about it. All right. Okay. Ian calls the hat trick. I might lean on that. All right. I'm saying two goals, no assists. The third goal. Are we? We're all in agreement. We're scoring three goals. This oh is, yeah, this is, the, this is weird. Actually, yeah, we have okay. a we have a goal consensus clock. Yeah, this is this is what we uh, we do against the bad teams. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah three goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's our standard, right? Yeah. And going by, I think the history of this fixture so far this season. Yeah, Javinko will score a goal. It'll be a, from a free kick, probably about thirty yards out. <laughs> yeah. Which corner, Duncan? Which corner <laughs> from of the 40 net? Thirty yards out. <laughs> thirty yards out. He'll go over the wall. It's like towards the. Uh, towards the goalkeeper's right, and usually these just miss the post. This one, it'll kind of go uh, just inside the post or off the post. Note to listeners, if you know a bookmaker that takes bets on this sort of thing, Duncan is wildly accurate at predicting where Seba's shots Mm. are going to go. Uh, Seriously, I've witnessed this many a time, so you should lay some money on that. If it's within 20 yards, he's going to try to Did he score two the last time they played? Against Philly? Yeah, here at BMO. He definitely scored one, which was from a free kick. I it think. was 2-1. Did he, he get both goals? Two. I don't Plausible. remember. Because he scored the one, the he free kick in Philadelphia. Yeah, well, I'm just going to say it's 1-2, then 3. Yeah, it uh, makes a lot of sense. Oh. If that's the case. Because mm-hmm. it was 2-1, the the other win. So, interesting. Interesting mm-hmm. theory, Mr. Ian. I like that. All right. Yeah. So, 3-1. Jericho free kicks within 20 yards. It will bounce off the face of the wall. He always gets it almost over the wall, but I guess they're just taller here in North America. If it's like 25 to 30 yards out, he'll get it over the wall, but usually just wide of the post. So, but having said that, he's scored four free kick goals, which is more than we've ever got from any combination of different players trying different things. So fair enough. But try something different. <laughs> All right. Uh, one last thing before we go. Our friends over at the Massive Report, which is the Crew SC podcast website, Matt and Alex, hey guys, have challenged slash suggested that we come up with some TFC dog names because they did this for the crew. Alex was nice enough to get us started with Spaniel Lovitz. 
Spaniel Lovitz. So, dear listeners, what are your suggestions for some TFC dog names? Send them to us on the Twitters or put them in the comments when we post this episode later on. All right, gentlemen, that is our show for this week. Thank you, Ian Clark, for finally capitulating and coming uh, to the VMP Towers and joining us in this madness. You, 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 you've managed to endure. You're, he's so funny, though. He's, like, so twitchy. Are we done? Like, are we done? Like, are, are, are we done? Can we leave now? The longest podcast I've ever done. In my life. <laughs> do, I, do I have to sing on the way out? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, I'm good for, like, two yeah, years. Is there an right? outro song you guys do or <laughs> some sort of impressions? Or... <laughs> Oh, poor Ian. I feel I feel I feel a little bit bad, but not that bad. Um come on. You you had some fun at least, right? <laughs> Seeing what everyone what, what crazy people do on their podcasts. Taking notes. <laughs> and this what is why not it So you can find Ian at Clark RNO on the Twitters or over at Red Nation Online, and certainly please do listen to Eastside Stand Up a much briefer and to the point podcast <laughs> probably more factual than ours not necessarily <laughs> just talk fast <laughs> just talk fast uh and also joining us of course is mr duncan fletcher at duncan d fletcher on the twitters hello and as for me you can find me on the internet at kz Knowles. this has been the vocal minority podcast and as always toronto get used to it Is it, is it on? Like, oh, are you yeah. recording right now? Oh, we yeah, yeah. We, we, time? Oh, always. So you just roll into it, and then I'll be like, and then I get to go live from VMP Towers. And we interrupt and we'll you. Yes. Yeah. Oh, but, we're supposed yeah, to interrupt we're, you right there. You yeah. could have done yeah, it, but I was like, I should probably say, I should be live from VMP Towers. It's the last something. It's, yeah, we'll interrupt you at some and point. And I think he really wants us to interrupt him the next time he does this, so. Let's do it. You can do it anytime you want. All right. <laughs> do it. Live from VMP Tower. Hey, hey jump back to score. All right. All right. Are you going to sing the blankety blank song with us, though? What, what, I don't even know. What is the blankety blank song? Okay. I'll cheer you on. like, I do not recall agreeing to this. No, that was not, that was this is not in my contract. Singing. <laughs> I talk. I don't impersonate. I don't sing. I'm not your performing monkey. <laughs> I said six bottles, damn it. Bottles of ass. So I recycle them. That's good. That's the best. Is it, I must break you or I will break you? I think it's I will. I think it's I will. Okay. Not I must. I will. I think he was more confident. <laughs> I think he was more sure it was going to happen. Okay. Hold on. Let me see. I will. I will break you. Oh, 
must. I must. Shit. Break you. Oh, All right. Yeah, I wouldn't have mm. thought that. Mm. That suggests there's a bit of self-doubt here. I've been told I have to do this, but I don't know if I can. But I don't want to. But this is what I have to do. Just that doesn't seem very. I have no choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, but if I had choice in the matter, I wouldn't. I'd, I maybe I'd, wouldn't. I'd, I'd gently punch you a little bit. So exactly. That I but but I, 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 but like, I like don't. Like a gentleman. Yes. Queensbury rules. Queensbury mm. rules. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, those communists, <laughs> they broke his fragile, gentle soul. Damn right. I mean, mm. what? Before we get to this week's winner, gentlemen, what do you have for this blank? <laughs> I was supposed to have one? Yes. <laughs> Jesus. We're going <laughs> to pause while the you serious, the serious <laughs> podcaster is like, what do you people do here? <laughs> Singing? <laughs> Filling in the blanks? Blanks? <laughs> Where am I? <laughs> Duncan, what do you have? Should we put our best out for that game? With a- Well, that's next. Okay, sorry. That's okay. I'm, I'm glad that you're thinking ahead. This is important. So I think we're probably going to... just desperate to host. We need to move on to the next bit. I, I, I would be running this I don't this like this out-of-control thing. Why are we talking so much? <laughs> Good God, you guys go on. <laughs> Where Ian comes from, we have been done an hour ago. <laughs> Even just thinking of editing this makes my head hurt. He started to twitch. Moving this along. <laughs> next topic. Cock around it again. Jesus. Stop rambling. Just be glad it's just the three of us. If it was four of us, your head would have exploded by now. He's, he's just like, I'm going to come over there and take that away from you. Lay down the hammer. Not everyone gets a turn. Topic is finished. Moving on. I need to go to Ian's hosting boot camp, I think. I think I do. I think I need a hosting boot camp. That could work for me. All right. All right. 